Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. What up, y'all? We are back. Well, I'm back here. Martin's, I don't know, gallivanting around the United States with some sort of crazy international shipping conference. That's what they call it. I don't know, who knows, maybe he's like a super spy, doesn't want to tell anybody, he's like out running around, saving the world, kissing babies, killing snakes, and he just tells us all it's a international shipping conference, it sounds like something that like uh, uh, parents would tell their kids when they're like superheroes, right, like it's an international shipping conference, kids, we have to go, and then, I mean, dude, we've all seen these movies, like Agent Cody Banks, or uh, that that's not it, because he was a superhero, but these crazy movies and then like something happens and the parents get alerted by like some bot at the house and then they got to come back and save their kids. I don't know. We've all seen it, but I digress. He's at an international shipping conference. And so I decided I was going to try to record this one myself because I don't like going too long in between podcasts. We missed a week after the first of the year and for the first two years, we never really missed a week. So I just wasn't going to let this go. And I had a bunch of notes built up in my uh in my notes files so I said hey let's just let's just run it and see what these fools think but really like first thing I wanted to start talking about is man in the last week I have started messing with a few different artificial intelligences AIs that you can access just from the internet and oh my god and you guys got to remember that if this is the type of stuff that we're getting at consumer level then the type of stuff that like Big business, the government, big tech, big criminals, like all of them, they're getting this at an even better rate with zero regulation. So like the first one I want to talk about is ChatGBT. If you guys haven't messed with ChatGBT yet, first off, the first thing everybody does because 80% of the internet shit we do is from our mobile device is they go to the Play Store, right? And they download a ChatGBT app. Well, guess what? 
ChatGBT is open source and it's free, but there's not an app. So what you're downloading is you're downloading somebody's secondary application that they've made and you're accessing ChatGBT through an app and then they're going to let you ask like three questions and then they're going to charge you. Just go to ChatGBT on your internet browser. Even if it's just on your phone, you can go to through through Safari or Brave or whatever comes on Google Chrome now. You can you can go to it from that. And I mean, right, like this all of this stuff and I had this argument this week. All of this stuff is really only as good as the person using it. You can only get as good and creative as the brain that is inputting the prompts can get. So you can go on ChatGPT and you can do something simple like Tell you, tell me about the 1942 Colt, uh, Indianapolis Colts football team. I don't even know if the Indianapolis were the Colts in 1942, but just bear with me here. So we can go ahead and we can ask it something like that. And it would come back and it would give me, you know, blah, 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 just this kind of canned response about the 1942 Colts football team. Probably give me a little bit of detail. Or you could ask, who was the cornerback on the 1942 Colts football team? Where was he from? Where did he go to college? And how did his life end up? And this thing will like elaborate in depth. If it can, if it can find this information anywhere, if it knows this information, it will elaborate in depth. So you can ask super in-depth questions like that. Now, if you take the idea of what this is capable of and you start to implement that into maybe your everyday life or somebody else's everyday life like you could get to the point where you have this thing writing auto response emails for you for work right because it is going to write it much better than you could ever write it and it can customize it so you could have it you know generate auto response for day that I am you know in conferences Generate auto response for telling customers I'll get back to them, right? So it's it's to that in depth. If you're a high school kid, you can literally tell this thing, write me a 500 word essay about Abraham Lincoln that talks about where he came from and how he became who he was. And it's going to do it. And it starts instantly. It's freaking crazy. It can write script. So like if you know what that means, you your script is actually what runs actions on a, on a website, or, um, I've seen people that are way smarter than me that make this damn thing, write script that searches the internet that can tell you the top 10 trending keywords in any sort of business that you're looking for. So you could literally have this thing, write a script that tells you the top 10 trending keywords, and then you can tell it to write a blog post that consistently uses the top 10 trending keywords about so-and-so, whatever your blog is about. And all of a sudden you have a post that is completely loaded with information and is going to look really good to the Google bots. If you're trying to do search engine optimization. Now I know most people that are listening to this don't give a shit about search engine optimization, but just if you can get creative, everybody, if you, if you call me or text me or message me and just told me what you do for work, I feel like I could be able to come up with something, some way that this thing could help you. But that's just the first one. That's the initial. So that's ChatGBT. That one's open source. That one's access. Um, Elon Musk had something to do with that one. He's co-founder of it. And it was that one's crazy. There's another one called Deepl. D-E-E-P-L. And Deepl started as a translator bot. So what Deepl would do is actually take any other language and translate it to another language. Not every single language is available, but a majority. But where Deeple gets cool is when you start to look at Deeple Write. And when you look at Deeple Write, it's a beta, which means it's not completely flawless. But you can take something that you write. So let's say you wrote a podcast description for your podcast for the week. You could take that, punch it into Deeple, and then hit the button. Or I think it actually does it automatically, if I remember right. So you type it in the left-hand box, and in the right-hand box, it spits it out in a much more grammatically correct, much more flowing, attractive-sounding way. And that's free, up to 2,400 words, I think. And if you pay for it, you could literally write a book like a big dummy, load it into Deeple, and it will rewrite, basically, 
all of your ideas for your book. Now, I haven't done that to that level to know how good that works. So don't don't take me uh, don't take me a thousand percent seriously on that one. But that one's wild. And the next one is this mid journey. Now, mid journey is this weird bot that somebody told me about, and I'm like, okay, how the hell does this work? Well, the thing with Midjourney is you don't just access Midjourney from Midjourney.com. You access Midjourney through Discord. And so you have to download Discord. Discord is something like a, a Reddit, I guess. It's a like a no, it's not a Reddit. It's a chat, but shit works on it. I don't really understand it. But so you have Discord. And Discord then lets you access Midjourney and you get like 0.4 hours of server time on this mid-journey app free and then you have to start paying for it so i get why they're doing it but this mid-journey app is absolutely crazy this mid-journey app if you get good at prompting things for it to make it can make any image that your mind can think of and it all goes off the prompt so you have like four different sections of the prompt first you have the topic of what you want to be in the photo so let's say like grizzly bear jumping off of a pirate ship okay so grizzly bear jumping off a pirate ship and then you're going to have another part of the prompt which is like the style um so we would want this to be let's say we want it photorealistic okay so that would mean like very close to a real photo and then we're going to have a bunch more prompts that have to do with the details so um black and white uh, shot with a Canon 6D 50 millimeter lens, um, high definition, whatever, whatever. So we think of a bunch, a bunch more shit, right? And then you punch this in, you hit enter, and it literally gives you four options of images that are sometimes dead on to what you asked for, and sometimes nowhere close to what you asked for. But the thing here is, is it is going off of your words. And sometimes when you say things like, I mean, you could say, you know, if you typed it wrong and you put grizzly bear jumping um, pirate ship, not off of, right? It might have it like jumping a pirate ship rope, pirate ship shaped rope or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's wild the way that this thing works. But what it does is it has millions and millions and millions and millions of images that it has access to that all have like title tags that have to do with the images. And what it does is it takes those images and it dissolves them down into kind of like white noise. And then it links hundreds of images together of the stuff that all the words that you typed and the style and all this shit. And then it kind of redissolves them back into a regular image. It is I, It makes zero sense to me how it works. But I mean... We're talking to the point of like um, Jocko Willink in uh, Art Deco style. And it'll give me like a face similar to Jocko's that is in Art Deco style that's multicolored. Like this is the fucking craziest app. Now, if you guys want to try this there are some other apps that do this same thing that you can access from the internet but i have not messed with any of them but this one specifically i have spent yes i'm paying the monthly fee now but i absolutely can't believe the quality of some of the images that i've gotten out of this one you can load an image of like let's say your kid's face and then you could say like you load the image of your kid's face into into the little chat that you have, and then you copy the URL from that image and then paste it in. So you say, like, imagine, and then paste the image, quote, um, flying through the air as a female superhero. And it will literally be, like, your daughter's face but a superhero flying through the air. And the better that you get at this and the better you get at the prompts, like, I feel like, this type of image generation is almost going to take over like Google image search. Like if let's say you need a, an image for a, for a, a, a work project or you need an image to send to somebody or you're just like, right, like you're the funny guy. And I've seen some hilarious ones like Harry Potter as a bodybuilder or a power lifter and they call him Harry Squatter. Or I did one of Bobby from King of the Hill as a bodybuilder, giant muscles. And it's hilarious. Like it's, it, you can get as funny as you want. Um, I've had this thing already 
um, illustrate like one page of a children's book that I wrote. Um, it is just, it's, it's absolutely astonishing where this image creation software is gone. So that one is called mid journey and you access it through discord. So sign up for discord, log into discord and then add a chat with mid journey. And then when you're a newbie, you have to like sign up, I think on midjourney.com. But then when you're a newbie, you can only create in these, in these newbie uh, chats, but it's fine. You just got to kind of pay attention to where your chats are. And then the next one is Syntasia. And what this one does is this has these humanoid AI voices that you can basically enter any script. So you could type anything in and pick one of these voices and this thing reads it. So like where we had someone actually record part of our podcast introduction we could have now, you know, with this Syntasia app, we could have actually used this and got the audio from all different words instead of me having to actually find like a computer generated voice. I could have used this damn app and I could have got all the different audio or, you know, I haven't messed with this one enough. Maybe there's like famous people voices on there. I'm sure there is. Then if there's famous people's voices on there, man, you could have them like record your voicemail. Like, how great would that be? Like, you got Morgan Freeman recording your your voicemail. This is Paul. I'm sorry. He's not able to get to the phone right now. But, uh, you know, or maybe Bane from Batman. But this one is crazy because it actually gets the syntax and the, uh, I guess, the, the, the flow of regular humanoid voices. And it understands it. So, no, it's not perfect. But, man, it's, it's a lot better than that computer, like, meep, 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 voice that we've heard from a ton of different things. And then the next one is Right Sonic. So, Right Sonic is basically going to give you all these prompts. Um, and it, it writes an article for you. It writes a job description for you. It writes a, a reply letter for you. It writes all this different stuff. And it, and it's got basically pops up with a prompt box and lets you select all these different things. Like, is it first person or second person? Is it, how are you writing it? What is the feel? What are you writing it for? Like all these different things. So that one's, that one's pretty awesome. And I think it uses a lot of the ch same chat GBT type technology, but it, gives it in a much more, I guess, point and click friendly version versus if you try to use ChatGPT, you need to prompt it to do all this stuff. Whereas this one's actually asking questions about how you want to prompt it. And then uh, another one is Dali. Um, that one I haven't messed with. That one's an image editing software. So like basically, let's say you have an image of yourself that you want to post or you want to use as a headshot for work or you have an image of your car but there's a bunch of other crap in the picture you you can actually use this software and you can highlight like an area of the photo and it'll replace it with something different so like if you had a great picture of yourself that you wanted to use as a headshot for a resume or something who sends a headshot with their resume but or a picture of you doing something like you know getting hammered at the bar, but you look really good in that picture, you can erase all the stuff that you wanted to replace and it might replace it with like you at work. Like how fucking wild would that be, man? And then there's one more 11 labs. Um, what that one does is that one actually gives you the ability to make a digital clone of your voice. And then you could use that clone to create content. Now, most people on here aren't necessarily creating content, but it is a pretty cool um, it, it's pretty cool to think about the fact that we're to a point where we are able to get a bunch of audio loaded into a computer and then that audio goes and creates, uh, can be, can be manipulated via, via text and you could write a hilarious script. And I know that there's this technology has been used. If you guys have seen any of the videos where it's like, it's deep fake, right? This, this technology like this has been used to create audio from people who are famous and have a ton of their content on the internet. And then they take this audio and they just 
write some ridiculous shit and it's 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 pretty cool and i know there's probably a hundred other tools like that that i'm not even aware of if you guys have any like send them over to me because i'm i'm amazed and enthralled with this type of technology and i think that we are only at the i guess the initial level of it we are we're, we're right now where we were with cellular phone technology when they were bag phones that had to be plugged into a car with an antenna wire ran to the top of the car and the only thing you could do was make a phone call that phone call cost you know seven dollars to make and that phone was useless if your car was off or you were out of your car now think take that and extrapolate that to where we're at now and what you can do with your phone and the access to the internet that you have and all the different shit that your phone can do you literally have more computing power on your phone than they had on the space shuttle when they went to the moon. Now, that's where this AI technology is going to be. And that's where some of that stupid, crazy stuff that I talk about that I know you guys hate or love hearing about. But when we start to talk with Martin about AI basically taking over, I don't necessarily mean that it's going to take over like a like a god. What I mean is that when AI can listen to a politician speak... And if you guys have ever seen like uh, poker, when you watch poker on TV, there's a little thing on the bottom right hand corner like uh, uh, this hand is 84% chance of winning and this hand has a 14% chance of winning, right? Because there's always, uh, until we know what the flop is in poker, we don't necessarily know that the hand is guaranteed to win, right? Well, what what the AI is going to be able to eventually do if we can kind of keep it open source and we can have it non-manipulated is it's going to be able to listen to a, a political speech and it's going to be able to give us a bullshit meter. And as they're talking and they, and they start to say things like, uh, you know, oh, my family has no connection to anyone in Ukraine and Biden's bullshit meter just goes bing, 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 because his kid is making a million dollars on the board of some corrupt Ukrainian energy company, right? Or take any other example from the history of politics because they're all fucking corrupt, you know? And that's where that type of implementation of AI is going to be epic as to what it can do for our society. Now, it's also going to be detrimental. So that's why I am on the side of being so interested in how this works because this is going to be like going from using hand tools, right? So if you were a house builder and you had a pencil and you had some draft paper and you had a hammer and nails and a handsaw, think of how long it would take you to design and build a beautiful house. Now, fast forward to today when you have computer aided drafting, you have power tools, you have CAD cutting machines to cut out stuff, you have all this technology. That's just a tool. And that's where this tool, that's where these AI tools are going to come in. If you're able to use them, then you are going to be able to operate leaps and bounds faster and more efficient than your peers. And the more efficient and the better you're able to operate, the more outcome you're going to have. And we're generally, unless you work for the city, you're generally paid as to the amount of outcome that you have. The, the amount of shit that you can get done is how your employer values you. And if they don't value you like that, then you should start to worry unless you are getting way overpaid for the amount of value you put in, which I know a lot of us have issues with we have issues with with getting things done sometimes and that's kind of what rolls me into the topic for today is procrastination because part of the reason that I'm here doing this podcast with you by myself is because I procrastinated. We recorded a podcast with a gentleman named Daniel Israeli from Razfit and my computer kept kicking me out. Now, the audio was recorded from those two guys for the whole time, but I thought I would be able to pull the bass audio and cut it in so that I would actually be able to give you guys a great podcast from, from last Sunday. So I waited until today, which I generally do. I start to edit and I get into it and it is 
it, it's a mess. I've got Martin's audio and Daniel's audio are okay. And then the bass audio, which has all three of us, has got three different voices at three different timelines going over each other because my computer kept kicking me off and then coming back on. So basically, I figured out that it was dog shit. But if I would have figured out that it was dog shit last week, could have done something about it. But I procrastinated. So that kind of brought me to my my chunk of notes that was in my um, note file for today, which is about procrastination. And if you guys think that that you're the only one that that battles with procrastination, I got a few stories for you from history from some pretty fucking important people. Um, I don't know if you guys know it, but Leonardo da Vinci, who was an one of the world's most famous artists, was a shitty procrastinator. Like this dude lost so many different um jobs because he was given these these contracts or whatever they call them in art I can't even remember what they call them in art but a commission so he was given these commissions from these these famous dukes and the and these famous earls and all these you know crazy dudes with crazy amounts of money and they want him to make shit and they would give him these these commissions and he would get a commission for uh to paint some you know epic ceiling and he would put it off and put it off and put it off. And sometimes the people wanted it so bad that they would deal with his shit. But man, there was a lot of times when he had great commissions that he put off until they finally just gave it to a different artist. The different artist who was efficient and able to actually put the work in would get it done. And they got the credit for these amazing art pieces that he would have had. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't get his shit together and he doesn't have a great amount of art and he's, you know, right, I'm talking about him. We all know who he is. But to know that somebody like that battled with procrastination and still was able to to, to finally implement a series of notebooks and work times and stuff like this to the fact that he was able to start getting things done, like, like that's awesome. Um, Isaac Newton, like, we all know who Isaac Newton is and... Isaac Newton figured out the theory or the forum for calculus 20 years before it was ever published, but he just put off publishing it Eh, put it off and I'll put it off and I'll get to it. And well, you know what happened is eventually 20 years later, another guy figured out the same thing independently that Isaac Newton figured out and he went and published it. Well, that pushed Newton to publish it. And then they battled for years and years and years about who was the inventor of calculus. Well, Isaac Newton might've been the inventor, but he was too fucking, I guess I don't want to say lazy, but man, he procrastinated so much that he didn't actually get the credit for being that he, Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Martin Luther King Jr. Has a famous letter and that letter he was supposed to have written while he was in jail because he spent eight days in the Birmingham jail. And that's what the letter was called was a letter from Birmingham jail. We want to know what the fucking secret behind that letter is. He didn't finish it till he was out. He started it and then got distracted. And he think about when you're in jail, right? You're in jail. You got 24 hours a day. You got three meals and a three squares and a cot, right? All that free time he could have sat down and he could have got that letter done seven times, but he he procrastinated and he waited and he waited and he waited and he got out and all of his followers wanted this this epic letter so that it could be so that it could be published in all these different journals and all these different newspapers and it would be this you know this big piece about how he was sitting in a in a in a Birmingham jail because of you know civil rights and well he wrote it after he got out <laughs> but you know that's just a few like it helps me to know that there are these these extremely accomplished people that have made huge leaps and bounds in history that have some of the same problems that I do. So then I started doing some research like how do we how do we start to get this shit under control? How do we overcome procrastination? Because procrastination is such a common problem. I mean, I don't know you know, everybody's got their excuse, right? Like I work so much better under pressure. I'll get to it when I get to it, or I have other things that I need to do now. And we all have these, we have these, I'm going to call them reasons, but really what they are is they're just excuses. And if we can get those under control, think about how much, think about how much better we will be at accomplishing our goals. So I started working and I broke it down into a few different levels. So 
hey, I broke it down into smaller pieces, which is what one of the ways to overcome procrastination is breaking a big job up into smaller pieces. And if you're able to break a big job up into smaller pieces, you are able to kind of identify the overall goal or what you're trying to get done. And then once you've identified it, you can break it down. So like if your goal is to Let's say your goal is to is to write a book, man. If if you go into this and your your goal is to write a uh, f- 10,000, 15,000 word, I guess that's not even a book. I think like 40,000 words would be a book. So let's say your goal is to write, you know, 40,000 words about ice fishing and you want to write this this funny ice fishing book because the generally most people when you start to talk about ice fishing, they're like, what the fuck is ice? If they're not ice fishermen, they're like, that's the dumbest shit. Now ice fishing is actually fun. Part of it is the camaraderie. Part of it is, you know, hanging out, talking smack on the ice. Part of it is actually fishing, but let's face it. The majority of ice fishermen just use tip ups anyways. But anyways, so if your whole goal is to write 40,000 words about ice fishing and you, and and that's where you start and you say, I'm going to write 40,000 words about ice fishing, then how the hell are you going to actually even get started, right? So if you break it up, I'm going to write 500 words a day, right? So in 80 days, if you don't miss any days, you'll have 40,000 words about ice fishing. Now, how hard is it to write 500 words? 500 words is like two paragraphs and maybe three. So not hard. But if you're able to break it down into all these little these little levels or little chunks, then you're able to get a bunch a bunch more. I guess you're even able to get started, but you're able to get things done. Um, and then once you have a little goal, then let's say your goal is to write 500 words a day. When you write that 500 words 10 days in a row, and you look back at it, you've got some some confidence, and you and you're able to like be proud of, of what you've done. You can schedule your smaller tasks. So like, you know, if my goal is to write 40,000 words, when the fuck am I going to write 40,000 words? Who knows? But if my goal is to write 500 words, I can write 500 words every day in between when I get home from the gym and when I leave for work. So it, it makes it a lot easier to schedule it into your time. It makes it easier for you to prioritize it in your day. And it makes it easier for you to be kind of proud of, of the work that you're putting in. Um, an, another thing that's going to help you along with kind of breaking it down into smaller sections is to give yourself deadlines. Now, those should be those should be like hard deadlines because f- especially for you guys out there they're like I work I work better when I'm under pressure give your ass a deadline to have you know a quarter of that project done at a certain time or a tenth of that project done at a certain time because if you are setting deadlines then you are forcing yourself to put in that work. Now, these deadlines are only going to be as strong as as you are, right? So if you set a deadline and you're just able to ignore it, right? Like like a like a reminder in your phone and you're just able to hit snooze or cancel, then we all know how that's going to go. Another big benefit that you have when you're giving yourself deadlines is you are able to set how important those deadlines are. So if you just give yourself a deadline and you're like, well, here's my deadline and you don't really put any sort of weight on it, then you're probably not going to take it that realistic. But if you tell everyone in your life that you're going to have a quarter of this project done or you're going to have, you know, your kid's playhouse framed by the end of July or you're going to have the house designed by August and you tell everybody, you know, then man, you're not just letting yourself down. You're, you're showing them that, that you're a big fucking piece of shit and you're not able to get anything done. And that's a lot more of a motivator than actually like sticking to it yourself. That, that shit starts to get like, whoa. And that's a big part of giving yourself guidelines, deadlines. But when you're giving yourself a deadline, make sure that you are not, um, you're not, you're not making them unrealistic. So if you're, if, if your idea is to, to, to write 10,000 words or it's to uh, build a garden shed, then 
you have to realize that 10,000 words isn't just going to get done in a week or flattening a surface to even start building a garden shed isn't going to get done in a day. So make sure that these, make sure these deadlines are, are, are realistic and you're able to get them done. And then once you, once you have a realistic deadline and taking external factors into account too, right? Like if you're going on vacation or you got this other shit, then you start telling people and tell people that you care about, tell people that you would be embarrassed to let down because that is going to make it so much more of a powerful deadline. And I know this is like, this is realistic and this sounds crazy on like a big, a, a, a big way, but even on your small tasks, if you can start to give yourself independent deadlines where you're not waiting like until the thing is due at work or until Christmas Eve to start Christmas shopping, right? Like I can't even think of a bunch of other examples, but you are going to start holding yourself accountable and you are going to make sure that you are not letting other people down. The next little, uh, little bit to help you overcome procrastination is to find some accountability tools and accountability, right? Really all accountability means is just somebody that's keeping you somebody or something that is keeping you on track. Now there's a ton of different accountability tools, but one of the biggest and best ones that people have is, is an accountability partner. How fucking douchey that sounds, but just another human being or an accountability group, right? Like if you have two other people that you know, count on you to be at the gym with them, then on Monday morning, when your alarm goes off at four or five, you're a lot less apt to just turn it off if you know there's people there waiting for you. It's not even necessarily the external accountability, which is a it's a big deal for some people. Like somebody calling and being like, "Hey, get your fucking ass out of bed," but the accountability internally because you know that they are there waiting for you, and if you let them down, that is your internal. I guess, issue that you're going to have with it. Another thing with the accountability isn't necessarily even the accountability of, of showing up, but also the accountability of putting in the work. I can't tell you how much harder I work when there are people that I enjoy working with. I, 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 I rise to the level of the people that are around me. And when I'm in the room, with a bunch of world beaters, the type of sh- the type of of work that I can put in, and the type of work that all of us can put in is is we feed off of each other. And I don't know if any of you guys golf or bowl, but man, it's it's the truth. Like if you're around a bunch of people who are who are really good at something because they have the practice, like you rise to a different level. But if you're even a moderately good golfer or a moderately good bowler and you're with a bunch of drunks who really don't even care to play the game, they're just throwing the thing down the lane, whether whether it's the ball, bowling ball or the golf ball, like you you get shittier. And it's I, I think it's the rare individual that can play their game no matter what, but it's definitely not me and I don't think it's the average person. But I know there's a lot of apps and, and different software. If you just kind of jump in and and Google accountability software, accountability app, you're going to get some. There's Trello and Asana and Todoist. And these are all different apps that are going to have their own way of holding you accountable. And I haven't messed with these yet, but I know that it was one of the things that was on my list to try to look into because really the accountability is is part of what I would like to to build into, into this whole helping people thing, because really like you guys can find the information that you want, no matter if it's your spirituality or your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, like you guys can find the info, you can find the, 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 the how, but what you need is the accountability, the reminders, the, the question, Hey, did you, you know, did you do this this week? Did you go over there this week? And if you had, uh, if we had a squared away podcast app that basically gave you all these constant reminders and it it came along with a, with a, with a board of people who have accomplished their, you know, their individual goals for the week and all these different things, like it's going to raise all of us to a better level. Um, and another thing is just measuring stuff, guys. Like whether you're measuring your steps or you're measuring your food or you're measuring your hours read or pages read or you're measuring your, you know, uh, 
days that you did your spiritual practice, your meditation practice, whatever, like anything. I don't know if you guys understand how this, this saying, but anything that's measured will get changed. And it is so true. Like they've done studies where they have people simply write down what they eat when they eat it. They don't make them change anything. They don't say eat less. They don't say eat more. They don't say eat different food. They literally just, it, it's just the action of recording that brings that in to their mind regularly and makes them second guess what they're doing. And people will lose weight simply by, by measuring and recording what they're eating. And that is going to be the same, whether it is losing weight, gaining weight, putting in a workout, if you're not recording how much you're lifting, you're likely not lifting more because I can remember three or four lifts from last week, but I can't remember all of them. And I don't necessarily remember how many reps I got in. So if I'm not really keeping track, then going the right, in the right direction is a lot harder and it's it's the same with everything and you know there there there's a part to making your goals public whether it be with friends whether it be social media whether it be people at work i know there's a lot of there there's some apps out there where you put $100 in and if you accomplish your goal that $100 goes to a charity that you designated that you like. And then if you don't, it goes to a charity that you designated that you would not have any interest in giving money to. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous because they're, for me to say charity and no interest in giving money to, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's awful, right? But like for me, the first thing I think of is PETA. Right. Like if I put five hundred dollars on the line for me to accomplish a goal and if I win, it goes to Hunters of America. And if I lose, it goes to PETA. Man, I can tell you how much more fucking motivated I am going to be to get that task done to make sure that money, my money, my hard earned money does not fucking go to PETA. And, you know, whatever you're doing with your accountability, make sure you're being honest with yourself, being honest with the people around you, being honest with your, with your social media crowd, being honest with your application, right? Like if, if I go and I did, and I do that $500 on making sure that I do my sprint cardio every day for the next 50 days. And as long as I get that sprint cardio done every day for the next 50 days, then that money goes to hunters of America. Well, man, it'd be really easy for me to just tell the app, yeah, I got it done, even if I didn't. But fuck that, man. That's a that's a long, slippery slope of you just becoming a big old piece of shit sitting on the couch. And that's our whole goal here. You are not interested in becoming a big piece of shit just sitting on the couch if you're listening to this podcast. So what do we have next? Um, let me look here. Next we have identifying and I guess engineering out distractions. Now, I think everybody here is very clear what a distraction is, but how do we actually start to identify and engineer these distractions out of our life? Well, I think one of the first things here, like with most of our changes that we make in our life is mindfulness. We need to be mindful of our distractions. And if you have a smartwatch or a smartphone and you have buzzes and beeps and dings and bings and all this shit that is always going off, then I don't know if you know how the human mind works, but the human mind is extremely good at single task orientation. So even if you think you're multitasking, what you're doing is you are switching from single task to single task very quickly. You're not actually functioning at two tasks at once um, when you're actually accomplishing anything. Now, yes, you can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time, but don't fucking give me that semantics. Um, So if you are in the middle of writing, let's say, or you are in the middle of building, or you are in the middle of creative brainstorming for your small business, and you have the stupid ring fucking doorbell camera that keeps buzzing on your phone because you have it set to where anything that goes by your house dings, 
man, can you imagine you're, you're just in the middle of flow. You're just, just getting in the middle of flow on a sentence and bing. And then you look at it and then you get back and you might get a few more words in and then you start to lose your track, your thought. And then you start to flow a little flow again. And, 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 and the words start to come out and bing, fuck that, man. You have to be able to identify and nullify any of those external distractions. Now, we all have our own distractions. Some of them might be um, external distractions, whether it is environmental, right? So it could be like where you're at. Now, if you have a bunch of shit that goes on because you live in a loud neighborhood or you work in a loud office building or you have to be at a library to get work done or you have kids or you have all this, man, throwing in a set of noise canceling headphones and putting on just like a simple noise, right? Whether it be like a binaural beat or a um, ocean sounds or trickling water or whatever, just something so that it is going to drown out whatever the external distractions are for you. That is a great idea. And then we have these distractions that are self brought on, right? Like, If I'm on my laptop and I'm trying to write and I have an internet browser open because I have to do research, but then also on that internet browser, I have Optics Planet because I was looking at gun parts and then I have Cranky Ape open because I like watching the car auctions to buy some busted ass cars and fix them up. And then I have Gun Broker on and I have two YouTube links open because I'm learning about these new AIs. And then how easy is it for me to just like randomly go from my writing to my research to fucking off on the internet for 20 minutes? Now, yes, that's a problem. I get it. But It's my fault. So how do I get myself away from that? Well, I think that there are applications that you can put on your laptop where it locks you out of anything other than that that writing application. And I think you might even have to put in some sort of a like code, uh, like a pin to get yourself out of it. Or you could have a computer that's literally just set up for your work right? You don't have anything else on it. And then you leave your phone in the other room or you turn your phone off. God forbid we have our phone off. Can you imagine? Left my phone the other day somewhere in my car. I feel like I had this separation anxiety for like 20 minutes while I was working. And then I'm like, oh yeah, just fucking go get it. Just you you spaz. But we have all these different distractions. Um, Sometimes they might be emotional distractions. You might be dealing with something at home, whether you know, your, your kid is, is going down the wrong path and you're really worried about it or, or your wife's mad at you because you got stains on her floor and you think that she's going to, you know, hold back the booty for like six months because you stained her fucking floor. Um, these emotional distractions, like getting yourself centered and getting yourself on task, you are going to be able to get whatever you are working on done faster and more efficient and then get back to whatever you need to fix, whatever fuck up you need to fix or whatever, you know, human you need to help out or whatever, whatever you need to worry about in, in, in your life much faster if you can get yourself centered. And if you can get yourself centered and work on the task at hand, you are always going to be more efficient because if you are constantly thinking about 10 other things while you're trying to do one thing, that's how you end up doing a bunch of really shitty work and not getting anything done right. And, and we all know what that looks like and we don't want that. That brings us to treating yourself with a little compassion, guys. Give yourself a break once in a while. Like, do you know how many people I know that talk so poorly about themselves and have no idea that they do it? You can talk to them and they will talk the biggest shit about themselves and I don't know if you understand how linguistic programming works, but the way that you talk externally is how you are forming your brain to operate in the future. So if you are saying things like, I can never get this done. I I'm, there's no way I'm smart enough for this. Whatever. I don't fucking, I can't even think of enough things, but that I hear, but if you're saying shit like that all the time, then all you're doing is basically telling your brain that, these things are true. 
challenge that self-talk. Challenge your own brain and what you can accomplish. Now, I wrote an article a few days ago about resilience and the idea of resilience being, ah, what was it? What was Oh, I, I wanted to talk about a pencil, right? And I, this wasn't, this wasn't about resilience. This was about, this is about testing yourself because if you look at a pencil, a number two pencil, just a normal number two pencil, and you, if I made you guess what the amount of tension that that number two pencil could take before it snapped, you would have no fucking idea because you, you haven't tested it. Now, if you took it and you started to bend it in your hand, you started to guess, all right, I'm putting probably 10, 15, 20 pounds of pressure, and then it starts to give, you might guess 20, 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Maybe you'll guess 30 pounds. But before you ever test that pencil, you have no fucking idea what it's worth. And so if you are constantly telling yourself that you can't accomplish something and you're never testing yourself, you're never pushing yourself, you're never going to figure out that you're only 20% as fucking awesome as you can be. You're only accomplishing 20% of the badass shit that you can do. Working 20% is hard. Writing 20% as much. Accomplishing 20% as much work. Making 20% of the as much of the money. Making 20% as much love to your wife as you can. Giving yourself, your kids 20% of the human father that you can be. Because you literally are, are cutting yourself so fucking short. So practice some self-compassion. Give yourself just a a break and start to talk positively about yourself. Start to start to, to take care of yourself. Start to uh, give yourself the mental and emotional power that you need to be the badass that you are. And then we just need to get started. I think that the biggest thing with procrastination is we put off that first step. We put off sitting down and opening the computer program. We put off starting the resume. We put off replying to the email that could turn into a job. We put off doing the resume that somebody is literally just waiting for to get a better job than the one that we have. But we're just putting it off. And I think the the best way to just get started is to be mindful of you not starting. And once you're mindful of you not starting, you are able to just take that first step. What is that first step? That first step is going to be different for every goal. That first step is going to be different for everything. But the minute that you take that first step, you are able to start gaining some momentum. You are able to nullify the distractions. You are able to ignore the self-talk. And you are able to just get your ass moving. Now, thank you guys. I, I love sitting down and, and just spewing the amount of information that I have here in my brain for you guys. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope any of it helps. I hope you are able to become the biggest, baddest, world-beaten son of a bitches because you listen to this podcast this week because it's Monday and that's when the majority of you guys listen to it and now you're going to go out and you're going to smash some fucking goals. You're going to accomplish the amount you normally accomplish in a week in the first two days and then you're going to accomplish more. And if you're not necessarily paid the about by the amount that you accomplish, then you're going to accomplish just what you need to accomplish for work and then you're going to get a bunch of your own shit accomplished no matter what that shit is. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Peace.